again, everyone. It is time for the Mainland Podcast, and this is episode number 124. I'm Michael Citro, founder and managing editor of the Mainland.com. Joining me, one of our senior columnists, Dave Rowe. Dave, up in Tallahassee, how are you this week? I'm excellent. Uh, glad to be back. Um, you know, it's I think we said it before that uh, it's really nice talking about uh, wins. And if uh, we can talk about this many wins, well, it just keeps getting better and better. It does. And it would be even better if we got to do it again next week. Uh, Well, you did say before that we should just keep this thing rolling. So I I agree. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So let's start off by uh, talking a little bit about Orlando City's game Last Sunday here, this most recent Sunday against Real Salt Lake, of course, Jason Kreiss's former team, one of his two former MLS teams in a place that he's uh, most known for because he won the MLS Cup there. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, Will Johnson also is a former uh, member of Real Salt Lake. And and then we get a a surprise start from Chris Schuler, uh, another former RSL player at center back. And, uh, of course, it was the same lineup um, pretty much throughout the 18 except Schuler in for uh, Amro Tarek who picked up a bit of a knock on uh, uh, Saturday the day before the game and uh, he is still day-to-day with what they're calling a lower body injury because no one can ever know what part of your uh, body you've actually hurt <laughs> you know? the dreaded the yes. dreaded lower body yes. injury so it's you know it's either groin or knee or quad or thigh or calf you know that's Maybe an ankle. Maybe it could be an ankle, but yeah, these are these are the that's the code words. If it's a serious injury, they usually don't call it a lower body injury. They usually just come right out. It's like, oh yeah, he blew his AS, ACL. We're not, you know, they have no problem telling you when it's something like that. <laughs> but, if it's minor, yeah. well, it's just a lower body yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, so Schuler into the starting uh, eleven, and that makes five different center back pairings that we've seen on the field together this year. For Orlando City in just nine games, which is not really <laughs> optimal for uh, building that cohesion that you'd like to see uh, out of your team. You know, it's it's best to have two guys and then maybe a third that can rotate in sometimes and and maybe even a fourth that can rotate in sometimes. But you don't want uh, everybody rotating all the time. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be uh, reaching into the stance and going, you know, hey, who hasn't played center back this year? You come on in. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, so. Uh, we got to see the uh, the mythical Chris Schuler, who hadn't even really been making the 18. Uh, but here he is starting, and uh, he had not played since, I believe, June of last year. Um, mm-hmm. While with Real Salt Lake, uh, I think his last actual match was uh, June the 3rd of 2017. So nearly a year, uh, he played in a 6-2 loss at uh, FC Dallas. So... Uh, he went 79 minutes in that game, and uh, that was it until 90 on Sunday. Uh, and I'm sure he was absolutely uh, gassed uh, after the game. But, uh, you know, I thought he acquitted himself well. The other change in the 18 was Josue Coleman, not in the 18. He apparently violated a little team rule uh, in the locker room prior to uh, the match and was uh, scratched from the lineup, was supposed to be in the lineup. Uh, but disciplinary reasons, uh, he, um, he, his teammates, his coaching staff held him accountable. We're not, we're not uh, thinking this is a serious thing. At least Jason Christ didn't make it sound like it was a serious thing. Um, 
so uh, he was pulled and uh, uh, PC was put into the 18 instead. So uh, we got uh, we got just a couple minor changes. Of course, the big change to the starting 11, but only one one other change, and that was on the bench. So out they come, and uh, you know it was. Um, you, you get what you you kind of expect what you get now from teams they come in and they try to press early try to get an early lead I don't know if it's because the you know the heat and humidity here that they they feel like they need to get on you early uh, but they they certainly um, know Chris Schuler at Real Salt Lake so maybe that was it maybe that was the plan is this this guy hasn't played in a while let's just attack 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 and see what we can get uh, but on the other end, Orlando City was getting chances as well. A couple of, of near misses early, a couple of whiffs uh, with some perfectly centered balls that you just thought, oh, if he just makes contact, that's in the net. Uh, and then 12-minute uh, mark, uh, just a great through ball, just inches away from Lamine Sané, getting a toe on it, uh, finds Corey Baird, and he uh, he beats Joe Bendick via the chip shot. Uh, Joe a little bit slow to recognize the danger, and uh, I think maybe... If he had it to do over again, maybe he reads it and comes out quicker, or maybe he stays and, and uh, you know forces Baird to, to score from an angle. But uh, before you know it, one nothing, and uh, Orlando City's down for the fourth time in the last six games. Well, uh, it seems to be a theme that hopefully won't continue. But um, you know, the good news is um, it was it was a good play on the part of Real Salt Lake. So it wasn't like uh, it wasn't a cheap goal, so you know it was a it was a good ball uh, in, and then you know he made he made a good shot. Yes, Joe maybe could have played it better, but it's like I say, it, it wasn't it wasn't cheaply done. So, um, and, and you know we've said it before, you know, defensive guys are going to get you know out. Uh, they don't they don't have the speed necessarily that the the attacking players do. So um, once uh, I mean, you know, stuck stuck that foot out and wasn't quite able to to get a toe on the ball. Um, it makes it a lot harder. But uh, I, you know, it's the thing is, is even when we were watching that, I, it never went through my head because I, you know, it's what twelfth minute somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. I I wasn't worried. Yeah, this I, team's, I, you know, this team. I mean, we like you said, we'd already had chances, and you know, we look we look like a dangerous scoring team. So I, it wasn't, it wasn't a big concern um, other than I, I felt that almost certainly my prediction was going to be wrong if they already had one that early. Yeah. I wasn't real uh, concerned about Orlando's ability to come back. It's just that uh, in soccer, you know, the, the goal goes against you. You're, you're battling uphill just to get a draw now all of a sudden. So it was, you know, it wasn't too much of a concern, but then uh, Orlando came right back and they got some, some more chances right immediately after that. Uh, there were, there were definitely some opportunities to get back in the game. They also gave up a couple of chances to maybe uh, have the game put away um, or not put away, but certainly to dig the, the hole deeper. Baird uh, also hit the post. Um, there were a couple of, a couple of pretty good saves from Joe. Um, and, uh, and I think overall Joe had a good game. I just thought, um, you know, he probably got caught of, uh, you know, in between two minds on that, on that first opportunity. And, um, which sort of kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, so you can kind of understand it. And Baird made a great, uh, you know, cool, calm finish 
which is um, you know tri a tribute to him. Uh, and he's a speedier guy than I thought he was. I've seen him on film, but in person he looked faster to me. So um, you know he he beat Lamine by just a bit. The, the pass from Crylock was inch perfect. It was not. I mean, if you make a team beat you with great plays, then you know you have to tip your cap when they do it. So. Uh, I thought it was uh, it was a good goal from them. Orlando City was not able to get on the board before the half, but man, they really kind of took control of the game uh, in terms of most of the possession. I think they only gave up 36, 37, 30, 37 percent uh, yeah. possession in the first half. So they had they held the ball, they got chances, they got opportunities, but there really was a lack of sharpness for a lot of the game in the final third. And I don't know if it was, you know. People were trying to say, well, you know, the the, the pitch is wet. It's been raining. Well, you know, Real Salt Lake had to also deal with that. It was just some little bit of, you know, you see that from every team from time to time. Like even Manchester City and, and Real Madrid and Barcelona and all the, the top teams in the world. Sometimes there's just not that, that final bit of sharpness at the end of a play. And you, you'll pass a ball that... You know, if you get it right, if you weight it properly, you're putting the guy, you know, in on the sprint and he's he's in alone. But you don't. Instead, you put it like a foot behind him. And, you know, now he's got to stretch back and try to get it with his toe. And by the time he does, the defense is there. And, you know, a lot of those plays kind of went awry right as they were about to produce something, you know, dangerous. And that kind of happened throughout the game. Uh, um, and it seemed like, man, well, maybe it's just not Orlando City's day. And then, um, you know, then they just started scoring in the second half. Um, yeah. and it all started with yet another one of those plays where where a, a great through ball to Sasha Kleschen, and he's in down the left, and you think he's kind of got quite a bit of the, the net on the far side to shoot at, see if he bends this in. And instead, he tries to play it across, and it gets blocked. And you're like, yeah. oh, there we go again. But then... Uh, it was blocked right back to him, so he was able to then loft a little chip over to uh, to Dom Dwyer, who scores when he wants, and he wanted to score because he put it in and made it 1-1. And the uh, thing of beauty it is, uh, like you said, Dom wanted to score, so hence he did. 1-1, uh, <laughs> and uh, that was just the start of a uh, a little bit of a, a absolute, you know, I hate to say tidal wave because there weren't quite that many goals, but uh, there was, you know, three goals in, in a very short period of time. Um, Dom, of course, getting it going. That's six in six games for him. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's pretty fantastic. Uh, I think he's, what, second or was at that point second in uh, Golden Boot. Yeah, he's right? right. He's, he's right up, he's there. up there. I haven't looked at I haven't looked at it uh, since the weekend. Yeah, but he he was uh, just I think he was one off the lead entering the weekend, and I don't know what everybody else did that was ahead of him. There were quite a few guys tied in that six seven range. And yeah, um, but and there's he, some of those on. guys. So he he's he's right up there. I'm not too worried about the Golden Boot. I think he's doing a, uh, you know having a good season. He certainly looks rejuvenated, and and importantly. Uh, question with the assist and he has either scored a goal or assisted on one in all six games of this streak. So, um, you know, the, the, the team, the club is getting, uh, you know, what they paid for with Sasha question because he's producing either goals uh, from himself or for others. Agreed. And I, I wasn't so much worried about the golden boat boot, more just saying that uh, Dom's 
the amount of goals he scored and the amount of games he's played is significant. Uh, you know, some of the guys that are ahead of him will have played in more games than he has. So it's well, sure. uh, his, yeah, his pace of, of goal scoring is, is very impressive, especially given that, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we love seeing. Um, I thought that uh, not only Sasha obviously play well, um, Justin Merrim again had a good game, just missing that one goal by inches on the left. Um, you, God, you really hope that that way. As a matter of fact, the uh, the fans thought it had gone in, but it, it, it skirted wide left and then bounced into the back of the net uh, on the outside. Um, I also thought that uh, Chris Mueller. Uh, looked pretty good, you know, despite not getting a goal. He, uh, you know, he, he oftentimes he does not look like a rookie. I mean, he's making some guys, you know, he's making some guys look silly occasionally when he's, you know, coming up that right side. I think, I think it's been whatever they've been doing as far as formation or communication or whatever in regards to him, or if it's just his mindset, it's working. And he's a threat that they have to take, you know, into account and can't just focus on Dom. Yeah, I mean, that's the the thing about this team is that there's so many uh, options that it's really hard to shut everybody down. And, and, you know, I thought that they did a – I thought it looked to me like Dom was getting a little bit frustrated because he had a number of opportunities that that he either whiffed on. He he had one that he hit – hit the defender in the feet, and then he got his own rebound, and then he shot it to beat Ramondo, but it got cleared off the line. Um, so he had some opportunities there, and it looked like he was starting to get maybe a little bit uh, frustrated because of uh, those opportunities went away. But, uh, you know, he doesn't quit. He doesn't stop. He just keeps going, and he was able to work his way free for that one. And, of course, uh, just a couple minutes later, uh, Lamine Sané opens his MLS and Orlando City account with a, uh, a great delivery from Yotun on the corner kick. And uh, Big Lamine just kind of – he kind of came up late. Like he came up um, – they were all set up, ready to go. He was ready to take the kick, and then Lamine kind of crept up from uh, you know from back. And nobody was able to really get on him uh, before Yoshi took the kick. And so Lamine was able to kind of come in uh, on a run almost and had a free header. And uh, he's, he doesn't miss from there. That was uh, a tremendously timed run and a well-placed ball, and it was uh, 2-1. All of a sudden, Orlando City was ahead. It was indeed a well-timed uh, uh, header because he, like you said, he, he it was kind of a little small run. Um, nobody was able to mark him. He was free and clear on that one. Played it perfectly. We go up to one, and I love that he uh, comes over and does the Wakanda forever. Simple. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, for those of us who are, are Marvel fans, I thought that was great. Um, and, you know, there we are again. You know, Cardiac Cats, We've we've gone up. 2-1 after going down a goal and you know once again I go back to the the team seems very dangerous um, you know and once they get rolling uh, that belief kicks in or that you know whatever kicks in and they uh, they they just want more they, they they don't let up they want to keep scoring yeah Red Salt Lake it looked at that point like they you know, a young team that, that they are, even which is weird to say when they are well known for having Kyle Beckerman, who's been in the league since he played for the Miami Fusion. Um, <laughs> he does bring their average up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, young team, inexperienced, not used to winning. And it looked to me like that second goal was really all it took to shake them uh, from that point on. 
Um, you just wondered, can Orlando City put this game away, or is this going to be you know nerve time at the end? And they did put it away uh, with another goal, and, and Dom Dwyer was able to, to get down the left, smashed a shot that Romano made a tremendous save on, but Romano could not control the rebound. It was just, uh, you know, get a hand on it and pray, and it fell right into the path of Yoshimari Otun, who smashed it into the empty net and made it 3-1, to one, and uh, that was all she wrote. Yeah, I, I'm not going to pretend that I predicted 3-1 because everybody can go back and listen, and I definitely predicted 1-1. But if you do go back and listen, we talked about how we both said that this could definitely be a 3-1 game, that if if you listened to your head and if I listened to my gut, we probably would have predicted 3-1. But we both said, eh, no, I'm, you decided to listen to your gut. I decided to listen to my head. I, I think we need to flip that. I'll listen to my gut. You listen to your head. Maybe we'll start getting some of these right. But I, you know, once it once it got to two one, it was there was not obvious, but you knew that it was a good possibility they could get to three uh, one, especially the way this team plays. So um, very happy to see it. it. Makes for a very nice evening, and um, you know they keep rolling six in a row, which is, of course is a. Uh, uh, Orlando City record for MLS play. Uh, it's also the longest winning streak right now in MLS. Um, and we won't talk about the lack of love they're getting for it, but, uh, you know, it's it, it still was a great night for all of us that support Purple. Yeah, a really good night and uh, just tremendous. It was, um, it, you know, getting to six and getting that new new club record was, uh, was great. It was uh, another... Another club record, uh, the most consecutive games, also six with multiple goals scored. Um, so that was good. I mean, they're not all-time franchise records if you count the USL stuff, but uh, the MLS stuff probably more important to most people at this point. So, um, you know, it's uh, I think the record for most multi-goal games in a row is seven uh, by the USL Lions, and the, the the win streak record is eight by the USL Lions. So not far off from that, but of course, uh, with uh, Atlanta and at Toronto up next, uh, those are going to be difficult to break, but not impossible. Not impossible for this team. Uh, we'll see how they how they are. We still have not seen, I think, Dave, the best that Orlando City can play over the course of a game. I think that they still had a few lapses, and and you know when people say, well. You know, we haven't seen them put together a, a complete 90, and it's like you almost wonder, do, do people expect them to just dominate for 90 minutes? Because very, very few teams do that ever. Uh, there's always lulls in the game where a team will give up an opportunity no matter, you know, who you're talking about, no matter, um, you know, what teams are playing. There's there's usually a, a moment, even a even in a, uh, one of those early cup games when there's minnows playing the, you know, some of the giants uh, over in the FA cup, you still see, you know, some dangerous moments from some of these minnow teams. So it, it, that's kind of misleading. We say they haven't put in, put in a full dominating 90 minutes because very few teams do, but it, it, I think this team can, can rise to another level. Certainly uh, defensively, they can certainly, I think offensively with finishing chances, they can, and uh, we look forward to that, and hopefully it'll all come together this weekend. Well, and you know, you said it uh, for the first part of the year. Obviously, we were missing people. Well, we were missing people for this game also. Uh, you know, Spectre was out, Sutter was out, uh, Tarek was out. You know, we we had uh, Chris Schuler who 
I thought played excellent for not playing for, you know, a better part of a year. Um, you know, but you have Chris Schuler in there who's, you know, guy, you know, center back number five to start. So, um, given that uh and given how well they played only given up the one goal now don't get me wrong uh uh the 11th or the 12th uh post uh defender uh helped out a little bit but um regardless if like you say if somebody's worried that we're not getting complete matches out of this while we're sitting on a six game win streak um i don't know i i think maybe expectations are a little bit too high. Um, I would just say, enjoy, you know, the wins, uh, enjoy how the team is playing because it, it is good and, and enjoy knowing that they can, they can hang with anybody and they're not even at full strength. So, um, it's, I don't think they're getting the credit they deserve around the league, especially given the win streak. You know, people are saying, oh, it's because of who they played or this or that. They, you know, haven't played Atlanta, Toronto. Well, we're about to find that out and see if that makes uh, that big of a difference. I agree with you. I think they certainly can win those games. Whether they do or not remains to be seen. But, uh, yeah, like I say, just, uh, gosh, enjoy a streak when you got it. Yeah, exactly. And, it's I think everybody does. I just think, um, you know, there's there's still there's still some expectations here and we still haven't seen again the, the full the full starting 11 or the presumed full starting 11 still not together. We've uh, we talked earlier about the, the center back carousel that we've seen and certainly we think that the starting uh, duo would probably be Spectre and Sané, and uh, you know, with Tarek getting some uh, some relief play in in there for for each of them as needed um, during you know crowded fixtures, and um, I think that uh, Rossell is a guy who we still think is going to see a lot of minutes, but of course, Christian Nagita making that very difficult for him because he has really played well since uh, just a few games ago. So he he really has found himself this year, and he. Again, had an outstanding game on Sunday. Yeah, he did. It's been uh, we say this every week at this point, but this is the longest stretch of of well played games uh, for the young man. You know, not getting the hot headedness that he had in the past. He's you know making good decisions. Uh, he's making good passes. Um, it's it's wonderful, um, and. I love having a, uh, a controversy about whether Yuri's able to get on the field or not because of that. Um, I'd much rather have two good players uh, that we have to pick from than, you know, one guy that's good and one guy that you're like, oh, he's coming on. Oh, all right, great. Um, so it's – I think uh, – I've said it before, you know, a bit of an embarrassment of riches. If, if we had had the, the amount of injuries uh, that we had this year last year, we would not be riding any kind of win streak. Yeah. So anyway, Dave, uh, need to, I, I need your uh, your man of the match. All right. So God, this was kind of a tough one, and, and even though he um, he he gave up the one goal, I'm still going to go with Joe Bendick. He did have some big saves at the opportune times to keep uh, Orlando City either in it or uh, protect the lead. Um, there's one small asterisk on that, and that he gets a. Uh, uh, it's Bendik slash uh, left and right posts uh, because of the, the work that they put in as well. But uh, no, I, I thought he came up uh, big when needed. Um, and uh, it's sometimes the sometimes the flashy things 
uh, catch your eye, and, and this week Joe caught my eye. Uh, mine would be Yoshimar Yotun, another goal and assist for Yoshi. Uh, he's all over the pitch, uh, very uh, very active throughout the game. Very, um, you know, he his distribution again was very very good. He had another early cross to Chris Mueller that kind of unlocked the defense, and Mueller absolutely turned Pablo Ruiz inside out, getting into the box, just completely made mincemeat of him. I, 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 yeah. He's probably still out there wondering what happened on that play, uh, but Mueller got into the box. The only problem for Chris there was he, he, uh, it did look like Salt Lake had, uh, you know, numbers in the box. Beckerman dropped back. They had some two pretty decent sized center backs back there. And rather than shoot, he decided to cross and uh, I believe he crossed for Merrim, but he, the, the, the ball in the air was uh, knocked away by Glad. Uh, Justin Glad made a nice play and, um, and, and won the header away from, from Merrim on, the, on that uh, particular play. But uh, Mueller had a, a nice early moment, kind of disappeared offensively for parts of this game, I thought. But uh, uh, again, Yoshimar's uh, cross to him uh, sends him, sets him free. He had uh, a number of other very good balls. I think he was the one that sent in Sasha that, uh, that Sasha eventually ended up crossing for Dom's goal rather than shoot himself. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yoshi with a goal and an assist and, and a couple of other very critical plays uh, and just all over the pitch as usual. So uh, Yoshi gets my man of the match. Hard to argue with that. And of course it's one of those things where uh, we're almost so used to Yoshi doing all that, that when he does it, you're not surprised. Yeah. Uh, which is I'll take every single week. Mm-hmm. Also thought Igita played very well, as I mentioned earlier. So yes, he was another guy I considered. But the fun thing was that when it was sitting there two one Orlando, I knew that it was very there wasn't really time for me to have a correct two two prediction. Um, so I thought, uh, I thought that I felt pretty good about them holding the lead. Cause I didn't think it would end two, two. I said, ah, I think I feel pretty good about this at this point, unless they score twice, but I didn't know that they had, uh, that much offense in them since I believe they came into Orlando city stadium with only having scored two or three times on the road all year. So felt pretty good at that point. Um, anyway, uh, so they'll try to make it seven in a row with, uh, the hated Atlanta United coming into town and, uh, not hated because it's a rivalry. I just, Dave, I just kind of hate Atlanta because they've had basically, they've had it so easy. They've had things handed to them. They haven't had any struggles whatsoever. They, uh, were not forced into the same requirements to enter the league that Orlando city was, and uh, just a general, uh, I don't like that. And same same reason that I don't like New York City FC, basically. Yeah, uh, so you've got uh, uh, Garber City FC and, and Garber United uh, <laughs> down in in Atlanta. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. It's 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 a it's annoying, is what they are. They're, uh, just like you said, having having it all just you know laid out on a platter. Here you go, and you know. Uh, that's not to take away anything from the guys that are playing on the field. Obviously they're very good quality and, and, you know, Tata's a good coach. So it's, it's nothing against that. It's just the, the organization, um, you know, it's the old, you know, building it up from the, from the, the ground or, you know, just kind of stepping in with a bunch of money. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's really just annoying is what it yeah. is. So, um, you know, face some adversity once in a while, you guys. That's all I'm saying. Um, I do want to say one thing, though. I I, I, I had a, a 
I made a Twitter faux pas this morning. It was unintentional. I threw out a, a picture that I that had been circulated about a billboard that was clearly not from Atlanta, but I didn't know if it was an actual billboard here that maybe somebody here might have put up uh, to sort of lampoon last year's billboard. You remember the billboard from last year? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I was trying to ascertain what that was all about and uh, put it up. I know, my thing was that I didn't really, I guess, give credit to where I had found it. So I ended up deleting the tweet. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I my remark was, was taken as offensive by some people, I guess – I guess, uh, you know, because it was about OBT and I made a remark about, uh, you know, you, you, I guess you could come here and, you know, make a few bucks the hard way. Or you could actually go where we're playing, you know, where our stadium is. And my, to me, the funny part of that was the thought that the stadium is nowhere, not that it's nowhere near OBT, but it's not on OBT or right next to it. It's like further away. Like, I don't even think that's technically paramore anymore where obt is but that's the part that i found humorous about it and i think some people thought that i said when i said make a few bucks the hard way i think they took that as a double entendre which is not the way i intended it i was not that (laughs) i was not that clever that early this morning so anyway i took it down and of course nothing's ever gone from the internet uh but i didn't mean to put that up for a couple reasons did not mean for people to take it as a double entendre number one i didn't mean to take credit for something that wasn't ours and i was trying to ascertain as to whether or not it was real but i was never thinking that it was atlanta that put it up um and people are you know were all over me okay it's obvious it's not real it's it's got yamil assad and blah blah i was like well i wasn't really thinking that atlanta put it up and i don't know that anybody here that would be goofy enough to put that up would really care that Assad was in it. And oh, by the way, I was looking at it on my phone. I couldn't tell what player it was, you know. So right. um, yeah, it was a it was a misunderstanding, and it was uh, a goof up on my part. I will I will cop to that. I it was no malice intended uh, from the tweet whatsoever. Certainly didn't mean to offend anybody. I I was actually kind of surprised that it did. But then when I realized that it could be a double entendre i was like oh okay uh yeah no it wasn't making light of uh the sex industry either it was <laughs> it was of course not to me and, and i'm i realize i have a, an off-kilter sense of humor it was just the thought that that's not even where they play you know <laughs> <laughs> you know that was the part that kind of stuck out to me about it and so anyway orlando pride played at chicago seemingly forever ago dave it was actually last wednesday Yep. And uh, you know what they did? They went out and did something they've never done before. They beat the Chicago Red Stars. Final score, 2-0. Uh, it was a great uh, result for the Pride, who needed a good result. Had uh, really kind of just started to turn the corner, maybe. A win over Houston, a draw with Seattle. Um, you know, getting some players back, getting them rested a little bit, getting them more in, the, in rhythm. And uh, it was uh, good to see. Uh, them go out and get a result on the road and, and without Alex Morgan, she was in the 18, but a hyperextended knee kept her on the bench in this one. And Tom Sermani was able to give her the entire game off because, uh, you know, the, the pride decided to go out and score some goals. And uh, we got another goal from Chi Bogagu, who is, uh, has got three on the season. And I think her, her career high is four set last year. And uh, then we got a late goal from Rachel Hill to put it away and, uh, and a, a shutout performance. Uh, uh, really great job by the defense and the midfield to keep the Red mm-hmm. Stars at bay. There were really not 
a lot of opportunities for the Red Stars to get shots. Ashlyn Harris didn't have to do a lot. Uh, they held uh, Sam Kerr pretty much in check. She had a couple of, you know, semi-dangerous moments or, or moments that could have become dangerous. But really good job by Monica, Shalina Zadorsky, um, Ashlyn Harris, uh, the midfielders especially, Danny Weatherholt and Emily Van Eggman did, did a tremendous job. Uh, Marta played up top where, uh, where Morgan usually does. And that is not her best position i think at this point in her career so she kind of got lost in the game a little bit um but uh, overall a, a really solid game i thought uh, on the road yeah anytime you can uh, go into somebody else's house and come out with a 2-0 win especially when that team has sam kerr uh and you and you held her off the board uh that's a good night um i thought uh like you, I thought the midfield uh, did a really good job, um, especially Emily Van Egmond, who, um, my goodness, she seemed like she was everywhere all the time. Uh, you know, you look up and, and there she is taking, you know, putting the ball in, helping out on defense. Uh, I thought she was absolutely exceptional, um, and including she was the one that uh, put the ball into Hill for that uh, second goal. Um you know, to, to secure the win. So, um, fantastic game from her. Um, every, uh, the entire team had a pretty, uh, decent game. She, of course, I mean, gosh, three goals now. Um, she seems to be, uh, to be feeling the, uh, the back of the net pretty well at this, at this moment. So, uh, which, you know, with Alex out and, um, you know, Sid not, uh, finding the goal yet, that's, it's nice that she's able to get out there and contribute and, in that respect. Um, of course the back line was eminently solid, uh, you know, with Krieger leading them back there. Uh, again, she had a great game as one would expect from her. So a solid overall performance from the entire team and, uh, getting the, uh, getting the points is important. Um, and if they can do that with Alex on the bench, um, and give her all the rest, in that game, let her come back stronger. Well, then, even better. So I, I thought uh, I thought it was just a, a good um, whole team performance, and I know that Tom Sermani had to be very happy. Yeah, I mean the important thing about that win is that it, it kicked off a very difficult stretch, the most difficult stretch of the season for the Pride. They have uh, that was the first of five out of six on the road. And the one that's mm -hmm. not on the road is against the first place team in the league, North Carolina. So um, a very difficult road. They've got uh, Utah Wednesday. They've got Portland. Uh, you know, Utah, as this drops, it'll be tonight uh, if you're getting this uh, as soon as it drops. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the weekend, you know, Mother's Day weekend, they, uh, they're out Saturday for the Portland Thorns on the road again. And then... Um, you know, they've got North Carolina, a couple other uh, tough road games, Chicago again and Seattle. So um, a very difficult stretch. And if they can get through this, these uh, these next five games and get if they can get two wins and two draws in these five, that would be an enormous, enormous trip and, and, and um, stretch going into, you know, the back half of the season when there will be a lot more home games. So I think that the goal here would probably be if they can get, you know, two wins and at least one draw that would probably be pretty good. Yeah. Points, uh, you know, getting that, the three points to start off that, uh, like you said, that, that stretch of games, incredibly important. Um, I think that, uh, as, as everybody's now back and, and 
working their way in, and then you have you know Van Eggman uh, stepping up and playing as well as she has, uh, especially for not having really been there very long. Uh, I think that bodes well. You know, we've always said that this is a very strong team that uh, can can get can win games and 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 get results. I think we saw that. Uh, last Wednesday, and if I, I agree, if they can come out of that stretch with you know a good seven or eight points, uh, that that will set them up for that that next stretch uh, where things line up a little bit nicer for them. Yeah. Now my player of the game, very difficult uh, game to pick one, uh, but I'm I'm going to give mine to Shalina Zadorsky. I thought that the, both the center backs played quite well in the game. Uh, I just thought Monica got beat a few more times than Shalina did, especially um, she got nutmegged in the middle of the field at one point, and, uh, mm-hmm. and she had a couple of uh, – allowed a player to get behind her once or twice on, on other uh, attempts, but nothing that ended up being too dangerous. I thought that Zadorsky just played a little bit more um, safely and soundly, if you will, and uh, she would be my vote for uh, player of the match. Although Van Eggman had a very strong game, uh, uh, I thought that her and Kennedy and, and Weatherholt played really well in the, in the midfield and, and kind of controlled the game. Yeah, there were a lot of good performances. Um, I, if you can't tell, uh, Van Eggman was uh, my player of the match. Like I say, uh, she seemed to... The, the amount of control and the amount of uh, influence she had on that match, given that you know, she hasn't been around very long. I think that's what uh, sealed it for me is um, to, to have that much of an impact um, and, and an obvious one uh, was very impressive. I hope it's simply, you know, a preview of what's to come for the rest of the season. Hard to argue against the uh, Of course, you know, Krieger had a really good match as well. There, there were so many honestly uh, good performances that night, which is that's how you get, you know, three points and a two nil mm-hmm. win on the road is everybody's playing at that level. So it, it was, like I say, it was a, it was a whole team effort, but um, you know, I, I certainly can't, you know, disagree with you, but uh, for me, uh, Van Eggman gets it. Not a problem with that selection at all. Uh, I think it's a good selection in fact. And, uh, what it says a lot about this team that you can have uh, a bench where Rachel Hill comes off and, um, you know, you got Alex Morgan there if you need her. You got Pollyanna coming off the bench. I mean, just a tremendous uh, team that the Pride have put together. And as soon as they start to gel together and become more cohesive, this is going to be uh, a really fun team to watch, especially in the second half of the year. So. Uh, we'll pride. We'll be, we'll talk about the pride at Utah, their first trip to Rio Tinto. Uh, we'll talk about the pride at going back to Providence Park uh, next week, and uh, hopefully they'll come back with some points from each of those locations. Uh, Portland obviously is going to be uh, a very difficult challenge. Uh, Utah also presents some some challenges. Uh, they drew to start the season. Of course, a lot of players missing for Orlando in that game, and um, we'll see how it uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But it's time, Dave, for this week's interview, and we'll get to our special guest. Uh, we talked a lot about center backs today, and uh, we're going to talk about center backs a little bit more. And we'll do that right after this. All right, joining us this week on the Mainland Podcast, very happy to have with us Orlando City defender Chris Schuler. Chris, how are you tonight? Doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast. We're uh, 
we're delighted to have you, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's a, probably a good thing Orlando City has you because uh, there's been quite a few injuries to that back line. But I wanted to start off by asking you, it's it had been quite some time since your last um, your last uh, game action. How are you feeling, and uh, and how did you feel toward the uh, the latter stages of that game on Sunday? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, let me start with saying I feel great. It's always good to get some points at home, especially when it's you know, setting a new record for a new club. So it felt good to be out there. Um, towards the end of the game, I'll be honest, I was pretty challenged, you know, playing in that heat. Um, the first, As you said, it was the first game I played in many months. So <laughs> the the conditions definitely caught up to me, but um, I'm happy we were able to finish strong and get the points. Now, as Michael mentioned, it's been uh, kind of an odd year for that back line. Um, obviously, you've been training with uh, all the different guys. Um, it, how was the uh, chemistry coming along with uh, your new teammates, and and um, how was it getting, uh, you know, finding out that you were going to be uh, starting again in that game? I think the chemistry is progressing pretty well, and that's hats off to C.J. Brown, our defense coach, because you know he's been uh, hammering these policies and not policies but defensive principles into us the whole year so that you know when guys switch in and out we're all still on the same page um yeah it has been interesting playing so far for a new team because there's a lot of new faces but i'm thankful to have you know the talented type of guys around me that I can still learn a lot of new stuff you were uh in uh you're with Real salt lake from 2010 to 2017 how much did you pay Amro Tarek to uh, to bow out with an injury so you could play against him? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a great question. It kind of reminds me of one of my first traveling experiences in Salt Lake. Um, me and another buddy, his name is Rashawn and Kenzie, were both from Chicago, and the first time I was able to make a bench was on the home trip to Chicago, and this is very similar. You know, <laughs> the only time that we're going to play my previous team this year, or scheduled at least. Um, I got to start. That's pretty awesome, but definitely did not pay him anything. <laughs> no favors uh, mentioned or garnered. Got it. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, obviously uh, getting into the game, um, I know that that was a pleasure, but uh, tell me what you think of the atmosphere uh, at Orlando City Stadium and, uh, you know, the fan support there. I mean, it's, it's in my opinion, one of the best in the country for sure. I mean, seeing that purple smoke go up after the goals is awesome. You know, it's uh, it's loud. Everyone's into the game, and that presents, like, a really good playing environment, you know. Um, everyone gets piped up by the crowd, and you're, I think it definitely adds an advantage having the type of support we do in this city. So it's a, it's a good environment for sure. Now, what was it like being out there? Obviously, there's been a ton of turnover with Real Salt Lake, but uh, you know, there's still guys like Beckerman out there running around, and, uh, and and you've played with him before. So, you know, what what kind of emotion uh, did that bring up in you uh, going up against those guys? So emotionally, I kind of equate it to seeing like an old girlfriend. You know, you, there's you don't care about her anymore, but there will always be some type of connection. And most of that happens outside of the field. You know, they're in town, so I'm talking to them or whatever. They're practicing here or there, so you see them around, that type of thing. But on the field, it's, it's all the same. You know, I give my 100%, and I don't really have friends on the other team. So, But, yeah, I will say there are definitely emotions connected to playing against a former team just because, you know, you have a lot of ties. I've been playing with Kyle and Nick for, you know, eight or nine years now. So um, definitely, uh, definitely some emotion there. Now, 
obviously uh, all, all teams are going to have a game plan going into that. Um, what was it that uh, you guys were focusing on uh, on the defensive end uh, against your former team? Uh, specifically me and Lamine and um, Will and Mo were focused on staying together, playing as a unit, and I think it, it really helped. Uh, like I said, that's one of those principles that CJ and Jason have been um, pushing down from the top is that we play together. And uh, I thought RSL had a pretty dynamic front attacking group um, and just being in a position to support each other and, you know, keep each other uh, in shape is super helpful when you're playing against talented players. So that was for sure one of our focuses is staying connected as a defensive unit. Now you obviously go back a long way with uh, with Jason Kreiss and, and um, you know, kind of walk us through how that happened that you came to Orlando, you know, as a trialist and, and then catching on. How did that all come about? Well, this was – RSL didn't pick up my option at the end of last year, so 2017, so I was a free agent, and I reached out to, you know, most of my relationships to see, you know, which place I could play. And, you know, I had a good working relationship with Jason in the past. I really appreciate the standard he holds the players to in practice, so that makes a good training environment. You know, everyone's trying. It's, it's a great environment to get better in. Um, as well as some of the other organizational things off the field. So I reached out to him, and he said that they weren't going to offer me a contract right away, but depending on how things progress, you know, coming to preseason or get something worked out, and I ended up going into preseason and eventually earning a contract. So um, due to our past working relationship, I was able to land in Orlando. Well, we're certainly glad to have you, uh, especially after the last match. Um, now, as you said, you were able to get in there um, – what are your personal goals? Now I know you're going to have the same team goals, you know, win as many games you can make playoffs, et cetera. What I want to know is what are your <laughs> individual goals for you that you're hoping to accomplish this year? Well, I, I'm sure you guys are pretty aware. I've had some injuries in my past. So the most important part to me is just getting my body right. It's crazy how different a player's life is when he's injured or out of practice or in practice and feeling healthy right now I feel healthy and that's how I want to stay um so my personal goal is to continue to get my body right I'm a huge fan of the strength conditioning coaches we have here in Orlando they really have the right mentality and they've got a little bit of control over the team so they can really implement their ideas and there's no question that I feel um, like this is the environment to get better that I can make gains in my body and in my game so my main priority is getting my body right. I think I've made strides forward since I've got here, um, but I want to continue to move forward specifically with my health. And uh, I'm in a good place now. And I think in a month I'll be in a better place. So my main goal is to get my body right. That's a pretty good goal. And in fact, the you know over the years, uh, you know the, the people have said you know Chris Schuler's pretty solid guy. He's having trouble staying healthy. How how do you stay positive in those? those periods where, you know, you're, you're, you know, you, you pick up a knock or, or you're going to be out for an extended period of time. How do you, you know, stay mentally uh, focused on, on getting your body right and, and getting back in the lineup as soon as you can? Great question. Uh, Cause you know, when things don't go well, it's really easy to feel really sad and things get really dark. So uh, I think it's probably a combination between goal setting, right? You know, I set attainable and measurable goals um, that are realistic and important to me, and I kind of keep working towards those um, in general. That's what keeps me in line. 
Uh, for example, my goal is to keep my, get my body right. So what I'm trying to do is add a little bit more anti-inflammatories to my diet and stretch every night before I go to bed. So those little steps help me move towards the goal and give me something to focus on in the short term. Um, additionally, I think a mindset of, uh, well, I think some perspective is important cause I've been unemployed without a job, you know, uh, not being, not having a team, I guess more specifically. And that's not fun. I'm super thankful to be in a position that I have a team and that I am in a place where I can grow and the team's doing well. There's so many positives about every situation. And then finally, I'd say typically I live my life a day at a time, you know, um, obviously I would try to work towards my longer term goals, but just try to maximize the day. So you're, you're not with an injury that's going to take three weeks. You're not focused on the long three weeks. You're focused on the day. What can you do to get the most out of the day? So, um, I don't know. I think a combination of perspective, short-term and long-term goals helps me stay positive when things aren't going that well. Switching gears just a bit. Um, you know, obviously new team, new teammates. Uh, is there anybody in particular that uh, you've, you've kind of uh, uh, bonded with or, you know, have good communication with or, or you know, go out and have fun with, uh, you know, when you're not taking anti-inflammatories, which is probably a good idea for Michael and I <laughs> also. But, uh, you know, uh, how is it, you know, uh, with these new guys, whether it's, you know, veterans or, or rookies? Yeah, it's been really good. That's one of the parts that I enjoyed about Jason. He brought some of the guys in based on character, so everyone's everyone's good. There's a lot of good guys on this team, so it's really easy to make friends and to spend some time with uh, when you're when not playing football. For example, a bunch of us got together and went bowling after the game, which I thought was cool, you know, a little team bonding environment. Um, so the team's close. Uh Yuri lives a block away from me, so we'll drive together to practice and we'll go get food pretty often. So that's a really easy one just because of our proximity. But, um, yeah, all the guys on the team are pretty good. Uh, location, location, location. Yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of communication uh, that, that Dave brought up, how was uh, how was it out on the pitch communicating with, you know, Mo on your left and, and Lamine on your right? How was it? Um... I thought pretty helpful or pretty good. You know, I got a lot coming from Lamine trying to keep me tucked in uh, on the center forward. That was super helpful. You know, as we spoke of, you know, it's the first game I played in a while at that level. So it was cool to, you know, have some incoming communication to help keep make my positioning better. I think Lamine did a lot to help me be successful in the team, be successful. I mean, obviously on top of the goal he banged in. Um, out to Mo is, you know, equal. Mo uh, is a great player. I'm, I'm, it's pretty cool playing with him. He's super talented going forward, and he's super hard coming back. It's, uh, he makes life a lot easier. Um, he's um, a great player, and he's willing to listen, which is, you know, a great asset because sometimes you're talking to people and they don't really want to hear it. Mo's not one of those guys. So generally communication is flowing in and out pretty well. Well, those aren't the only guys that you're you're talking to. Obviously, you've got Joe Bendick behind you. Um, tell me about Joe. You know, we've we've actually spoken to him before, but uh, give me your impressions of Joe and and both on the professional and you know just a attitude personal level. <laughs> Professionally, he makes big saves. I think everybody <laughs> knows that by now. Um, there are a couple opportunities that they got in. He just came up huge and helped us get that win. I mean, it's pretty cool because you know being the western conference you don't see eastern conference teams play just as much or play against them as much and um it's cool seeing joe make so many big plays and big moments i uh i'm thankful to be i'm thankful to have played with him 
this last week. Um, personally, <laughs> he's cool. He's a new father, so he's got a lot on his plate, and I know he likes to get out the fish every now and then, and I think he knows a thing or two about Fortnite as well. So um, <laughs> I, I really enjoy being around him. You know, I'm going to circle back to, to Jason for a minute. Um, you know, understandably, Orlando City fans are, are very demanding, and, and they came off a, a pretty unsuccessful 2017. And, you know, so I think it was a very short leash that they had for the team entering the season, to, you know, with all the big-name signings. And the team, you know, of course, had to, to find some time to gel, especially with all the injuries and the suspensions and those kind of things and players who were late arriving. Um and, you know, so a little bit of a slow start. But, uh, you know, what do you think when you hear, you know, or, or read online or something, uh, you know, fans calling for Jason's head, knowing what you know about him as a coach, you know, going back many years? Well, I think when fans get upset, when the team doesn't win, I think those are some good fans. Yeah. You know, I think that's part of what they're there for. They hold the players accountable and, well, they try to hold the players accountable and they hold the coaches accountable as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's passionate fans who are into what's going on. I don't think it's unreasonable to want a winning team in a city like this where they so, show so much support. Um, I think that means they're into what's going on. They're paying attention. They're watching games and wanting results. I've been stopped a few times even before I played. And um, recently after we've won a few games and uh, fans have uh, express their appreciation for, you know, seeing a string of wins because they hadn't had that in so long and how meaningful it was to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely think that's reasonable. Uh, I think it's cool. I think it's, I think passion is an important part of what we do. And when the fans bring it, I completely understand. Well, uh, you mentioned the fans uh, loving the, the six game win streak. Uh, what about the uh, what about you guys? What about the the team? Um, obviously, there's uh, the pressure has to be building as each, with you, with each win. Um, how how are you guys dealing with it? Uh, looking ahead to Atlanta. Yeah, I think Jay's done a great job of keeping our minds straight. You know, at the beginning we were squeezing out some wins and we weren't necessarily performing to our um, potential. You know, maybe not playing so well and still winning. You know, but. Uh, we've worked really hard at staying focused on one week at a time. And I'm going to go ahead and break that when I say it's good that we have the string wins because we're, you know, we got a tough schedule over these next few weeks ahead of us. But I think the team's handling it well by taking it one game and one week at a time. Uh, when you focus on smaller segments, it's easier to stay concentrated, you know. Chris, before we let you get out of here, just a couple more things uh, just to, to finish this out. Looking ahead to Atlanta, obviously some very dynamic players on that team. Uh, what are the big challenges that you expect on uh, Sunday? Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of big challenges, and that's part of what makes Atlanta a good team. I mean, Almiron was just one player of the more named player of the month. You know, he's clearly one of the most dynamic attacking threats this league's ever seen. And then Darlington Nagby is no slouch at all. The way he skips around the field is. I know that's elite talent, and then um, I don't know. They they got a lot of weapons, and mm-hmm. the coach has them playing a, a unique formation. You know, they they're uh, they're for sure one of the best teams in the league right now. So, um, and teams, the best teams in the league that get results like they've had, they can hit you with a few different looks in a few different places from a few different players, and they definitely are able to do that. So, there's gonna be a lot going on. It's gonna be an entertaining game for sure. 
All right, and finally, uh, I know that uh, it hasn't happened a lot over the course of your career, but we just saw Lamine do it, scored a goal. You've had five in your, your career in, in MLS in the regular season. What can we expect from the celebration when you when you finally had nod one into the net on a corner or something? <laughs> I have no idea. I definitely haven't got that far. <laughs> we'll see. Let's let's bang in the goal and then decide. I think that's part of the fun. <laughs> All right. Chris Schuler, Orlando City center back. Thanks so much for being with us. We wish you all the luck the rest of the season. No problem. All right. It's time to head into some stoppage time, Dave. Uh, but that was a, a really good uh, talk with Chris Schuler, and uh, we certainly thank him for stopping by the podcast. Well, we thank him for stopping by the podcast. We also thank him for uh, coming out and giving his all after, you know, not playing for a better part of a year. So uh, good on him and for doing that and then having the energy to come talk to us. Yeah, uh, I would probably die if I played 90 minutes <laughs> in an MLS game or otherwise. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not playing 90. It's not, it, it won't. I won't make it. <laughs> uh, play 90. Isn't that the the the. The initiative, or is it play 60? I suppose I could, as long as I'm playing goal. Yeah, I could, I could play a video game for 60 minutes, but I don't. Not even 90. I don't know if I can. I could probably get 90. Yeah, <laughs> I've done Minecraft for 90. Uh, I think I've probably done Pokemon Go for 90 at some point. <laughs> I know that I've done Skyrim at nine for 90 at some point. So yeah, and if I had. Um, FIFA, I would probably go for days and get addicted to it. So that's why I don't have FIFA. Because I have one yeah. of those. I have one of those personalities. I just, I just can't stop myself. Uh, anyway, we do have some mailbag uh, stuff. Uh, we invite you to send us your questions. It could be uh, related to Orlando City or the Orlando Pride or soccer in general, or having nothing to do with soccer or just completely random uh, ideas that you have. We will answer any of your questions, and you can do that in one of two ways. You can ask us on Twitter. We are at the mainland, T H E M A N E L A N D. Uh, it's very important that you do not spell Maine like uh, Main Street. It's not M A I N, it's M A N E like a lion's mane. Uh, at the mainland, you can tweet to us using the hashtag AskTMLPC and ask your question. And uh, we, what do you got? Like 240 characters now, Dave? Yeah, you got uh, no. Is it no? It's more than that. It's 280. 280. Yeah. Okay. So now you got 280 characters. So even with that long hashtag uh, and adding us, you can still uh, ask us, uh, you know, pretty pretty complex question or several small questions. And uh, so you can do that on Twitter or you can email us at themainland at gmail dot com. Uh, that is how you reach us, and uh, we will be happy to answer your questions. Not only will we be happy to do it, uh, we'll actually do it to the best of our ability. We make no claims as to how good that ability is. Yeah, and we'll do it on the air, as it were. Uh, I'm not sure that that's proper nomenclature for a podcast, uh, but we still use it. And uh, we've got a question here from Digby Smith, Dave. He wants to know, what uh, what name should be given to Orlando City versus Atlanta to match up with uh, the Cascadia and New York Derby. Ooh, um, well, we got to get south in there somewhere, I would think. Um, I, I hesitate to use the word classic because it hasn't 
you know, I feel like that's uh, something that needs to be earned. But the first thing that came to mind in mind was, uh, the, you know, the Southern Classic or something like that. Maybe, um, yeah, it's got to be something Southern. What about the Southeast Showdown? All right. All right. Yeah, maybe at... Uh, it could be. It could be. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. All right. Well, that's my my pick is Southeast Showdown because we don't need another Derby. We don't need another Classico or anything like that. Let's just uh, let's just let's call it the Southeast Showdown and be done with it. You know what? You're 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 winning me over with the showdown part. Yeah. Because um, it's a showdown. So, okay. There's nothing classic about it. One team is four years nope. old and one team's in its second year. Uh, or four years in MLS and four additional years in USL. The other team's uh, in its second year. So you got to 10 combined years of existence. So I don't think there's anything classic about it. Um, nope. So I think you go with uh, I think you go with showdown and everybody's happy because that's what it is. It's a showdown this week because if Orlando City wins, they would pull into a uh, tie on uh, points with Atlanta United. So. Uh, for uh, depending on what New York City does, it could potentially be for first place. So, uh, and it's certainly if Atlanta wins, they retain first place in the Eastern Conference for now. So, uh, there's a lot on the line. There is, and um, so the Southeast Showdown. Yeah. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I don't want to co-opt the whole entire South because, you know, the South is a is a very big area. It is. It goes fairly far west. So, um, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Southeast Showdown. I'm in. All right. So we've solved that problem. Let's go on to the next. <laughs> uh, Spot on Twitter would like to know, uh, are people who say MLS is a joke because of playoffs, but then say European League winner isn't good because they didn't win Champions League, i.e. a playoff, are they the absolute worst or are they just clowns? Uh, I don't know why they can't be both. <laughs> I, I think they can be clowns and also be the worst. Um, okay, fair enough. I'm going to say, I'm going to take the opposite view and say that I think it's okay to like, you know, leagues that don't have a playoff. And I think it's equally cool to say that, you know, it's okay to, to like leagues that do have a playoff. Um, but I think... No, I, I, I agree with you, but I think what he's saying is the people he's talking about are the ones that want to have it both ways. Well, and I also think that it's okay to think of them differently. Like, because, you know, if, for example, you say Manchester city, isn't good because they didn't win champions league. That is pretty dumb. That is kind of dumb. Um, that would be very dumb, but I don't think it's because it's a playoff. Uh, I think it's because, you know, I mean, cause champions league is a, is a, is it not an, it's a grueling thing because number one, it's hard. You're playing against the so many different styles, so many different teams from all over the place that you don't normally see. Uh, there's a lot involved with it in terms of travel. There's a lot involved with it in terms of, you know, um, squad rotation because, you know, if you're domestically, it's, it's a different animal than just saying, you know, like it'd be, it would be one thing if like, Spain and Germany and England and Italy and all those other leagues all ended their season and then played Champions League, right? 
Yeah, that'd be very much different. Like you said, one of the challenges is that you're still having to play in your uh, your home league while also competing in Champions League. So it it, it adds a level of difficulty, um, you know, as far as, like I said, squad rotation, you know, people getting tired, um, the, the healthier players, injuries, stuff like all of that. So it, it can... It, it is more difficult. And, you know, we see that if we just look at, say, the CONCACAF um, um, Champions uh, League, you've got the Toronto was the first team, MLS team in, you know, real recent history to maybe focus a little bit on it. And that was to their detriment in the standings in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the past, you know, teams have said, well, forget about it. we want to worry about MLS. And so then they don't, you know, they play their not so good guys uh, in CONCACAF Champions League. So um, it, it's it's a difficult balancing act to to be able to do that, to have the depth to be able to do that. So I, I agree with you. All right. So uh, just to recap, Dave says they're both clowns and the worst. And I say that I think it's uh, I think I'm split on it because I think if you say a European League winner isn't good because they didn't win Champions League, then, yes, you're probably the worst or a clown. But you're not necessarily worst or a clown if your opinion is that MLS is a joke because they have playoffs, uh, because some people just don't like that. Nuanced opinion. Yeah, it's it's a little it's it's. It's probably not exactly what Spot was looking for, but that's about as well as I can articulate my thoughts at this juncture of the podcast. So you got to take what you can well, get. Well, at least he got he got to have both clowns and the worst from me. So there there's go. that. Yeah. Uh, here's one also that I'm not actually sure this was intended for the podcast or not. It's not a, a strict response, and it also doesn't have the hashtag, but it was asked to us, so what the heck. Let's do it uh, anyway. Corey on the Twitter's. Uh, wants to know uh, Orlando City on a six-match win streak, but drops a spot in Major League Soccer's uh, MajorLeagueSoccer.com's power rankings. How on earth does that make any sense? Uh, MLS is going to MLS. Um, I, it's it doesn't make any sense from our standpoint. But uh, I've given up on anybody else giving us the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, because they they have their darlings. We mentioned it earlier about uh, New York City FC and and Atlanta United. So I, it doesn't surprise me one little bit. I say we just we take it, we chew that up, uh, and uh, use it as motivation to to go out and prove them wrong. Sure. I mean, while Toronto had been losing ground, losing ground, losing ground, and then they beat uh, a bad Philadelphia team, and um, boom, that, right back up. That apparently was enough to say they're back, baby. And that's why they solved their problem. That's so now did. we can. Yeah. I'm more interested to find out, you know, do does Orlando make the top five? Let's say if the Lions win MLS Cup. Ooh. So so we, you know, you celebrate. You've got the championship. You've won the league. Where do they put us in the power rankings then? Is, <laughs> is that good enough to make the top five? Um. Final season power rankings. Do we crack crack the top five? You know, I, I I wouldn't want to bet on it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to bet on it because you know they'll they'll there'll be something that uh, you know happened to Atlanta that they should have been in it. That's why, and uh, there was some kind of voodoo magic that we did, and we didn't deserve it. Yeah, there'll be something. So yeah, uh, don't put your money on it. Best not to get too caught up in power rankings. They virtually mean nothing. 
Uh, yeah. In fact, really not, don't, not uh, just virtually. They actually, in actuality, mean they mean nothing. Yeah, that's exactly what they mean. It's <laughs> Wins, just, losses, draws, and goals mean it's things. Just people's opinions, and everybody's got one, and they all stink. Is how the old saying goes. Uh, not word for word. No, that's okay. not how it goes. But <laughs> yeah, I think we all know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, that is uh, is it for the mailbag this week. Again, you can ask us anything by uh, tweeting to us at the mainland and uh, hashtag AskTMLPC, or you can email us at uh, the mainland at gmail.com. Ask your question there. We uh, appreciate those who have who have done so. And Dave, that will turn our attention, as you know, to Sunday. It's of course Mother's Day. And uh, so we got to play those mothers from Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> the the five wipes stripes something I don't know. Uh, we got to play colors. yeah we got to play Atlanta United. Uh, so I need your key matchups and I need your or your key matchup. I don't, I don't want to plural you and make you select more than one. Uh, and your uh, score prediction for the game on Sunday. Alrighty, so key matchup is going to be the uh, our defense, particularly the uh, center backs, depending on who's playing, which is one of the challenges um, against their attack. And, and they can attack. They can score goals in bunches, much like we can with the likes of Almiron, Nagby, Valala. Uh, there's, they've got plenty of firepower, which is one of the reasons why they're sitting top of the table. So I think... Um, I think we can score also, so I'm going to focus on the defensive side, and if we can try and limit, uh, if if we can get some help from Joe in the posts and you know people using the force in the stands and whatever else, um, it's it's going to come down to uh, particularly the center backs versus their attack. As far as my prediction, I'm thinking it's going to be a wild and wooly one. Uh, I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt and say that it's a 4-4 draw. That is a lot of goals. It is, but uh, you know, we can score and they can score, so I it's I said it was going to be wild and wooly. We'll see how wrong I am. That is extremely wild and perhaps even more wooly. It's wooly bully. Wooly even more so. Um, okay, so that's that's interesting. That is an interesting uh, prediction I did not expect. My key matchup, I, I thought a lot about the back line against uh, Almiron and, um, you know, uh, Martinez and those guys. But I think really where this game may be won or lost is in the middle of the pitch. And the reason I say that is because they kind of went out and got their own Yoshimaru Yotun. In fact, uh, you know, in the offseason, Atlanta picked up Darlington Nagby, and he's a player that, uh, you know, Chris Schuler mentioned. He gets on the ball, and he's very hard to remove from the ball. He Indeed. is able, and, and that is kind of when teams were able to have success last year against Atlanta, it was because they would, it was when they could possess the ball or take the ball away and get at their defense. Now it's difficult to get at their defense because it's difficult to take the ball away from Darlington Nagby. Um, he does a lot of the things for them that Yotun does for Orlando, although Orlando does, uh, Yotun does it more with passing and Nagby does it more with keeping the ball. So it's a, a little bit different uh, in their styles and, and it's very difficult to dispossess Darlington Nagby. He's a, he's a very uh, high quality player. So I think for me that the battle is going to be in the midfield 
where does the ball get taken away? If Atlanta does most of the taking away in the midfield, that's not good for Orlando. If Orlando does more of the taking away in the midfield than, than Atlanta, then that unlocks the game for the questions, the Merrims, the Dwyers, the Muellers. So I think that's really where the battle is going to be won or lost. I think that both teams have capable um, star players that are capable of putting the ball in the net. And uh, it's a matter of getting them set up. And I think where that happens is in the middle of the pitch. I think that... Um, you know, the center backs and fullbacks probably are going to be mostly a wash, uh, you know, cancel each other out. So I really think it's in that, that midfield area where uh, the game will be won or lost. That's my key matchup. I like it. And I think that uh, the this is an, definitely an opportunity for Higita to prove that uh, he has indeed turned that corner and, and he could he could very much be a key component of what you're talking about. Obviously, Yoshi is going to Yoshi, but if Christian can keep up his form, um, that could, that could, he could be a very much a difference maker in, in that midfield. So, but let's have your prediction. Yes, my prediction is not going to be a fun one for Orlando City fans. I'm you know, all good things come to an end, including winning streaks. And I think this is one of those uh, games where right now I just feel like Atlanta's in a little bit better run of form than Orlando. Uh, Atlanta's in a little bit better run of form than Orlando City. I think that they are um, maybe one of only a couple of teams that might be playing better soccer right now than Orlando City. Mm-hmm. And we, I'm just going by the tenet that we can't have nice things. <laughs> um, I think... I am going to predict three to one Atlanta, and I really hope that I am wrong in in many ways, <laughs> but hopefully not worse than that. Yeah. Um, I just think that Atlanta's got a little bit better defense than people are giving them credit for. And again, Darlington Nagby keeping the ball is something that concerns me because that's something that can frustrate the likes of a Christian Aguita. Um, and keeping the ball away from Yoshimar Yotun is... Um, part of the recipe for beating Orlando city. So that's hard to disagree. Yeah. That's how I, I see it. And again, you know, um, I'm happy to be wrong and have that scoreline be the opposite. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I, I really, part of that prediction is that I don't really know what we have yet. I really don't know what, what we have yet in Orlando city As I've said it before. We don't have to beat, Toronto, Atlanta, New York City to make the playoffs. And the goal this year is to make the playoffs. You don't even have to you don't even have to beat any of the top teams to do that. You just have to beat all the, the teams you should beat, you know, all the yeah. other teams. Um, that said, I would really like to beat these guys. Uh, and I think that the team's capable of doing that, uh, but I'm not sure if they're quite there yet. I think this team is still going to be playing its best soccer late in the season. I still don't think that they're at the level that they're capable of. And I think part of that is that Jonathan Spector's not on the field because uh, I think he's still the best defender that the team has. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of it is that Justin Merrim's not in goal scoring form yet. Um, maybe that can change on Sunday. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, it just feels like one of those things where if Orlando City is going to beat Atlanta, then the team has to be playing at its best. And I don't think it's quite at its best yet. So that's the reasoning that I have, and again, hopefully I'm wrong. But we will see come uh, come the weekend, and uh, I've got a I'm going with probably a little bit of my gut and my head on this one. So um, we'll just find out if 
the combination of my gut and my head being wrong cancels each other out and and then we'll go the other direction i don't know <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> but um yeah it's it's going to be fun no matter what it's going to be um an interesting game the fans are going to be crazy they're going to be hyped up the wall is going to be rocking and ready for a goal i definitely think it's important to score the first goal in this game um atlanta is a team that can explode if you let them uh, get confidence early so i think this is one of those games where you know if chris mueller wants to break his record for fastest goal i'm all for it yeah let's let's do that let's <laughs> early and often early and often <laughs> all right so there are our uh key matchups and our what what are sure to be uh two incorrect score uh final score predictions without a doubt yeah. dave we do have a five-star review Woo! Uh, to get to on the uh, on the uh, uh, on the iTunes, and uh, I'm very happy about this. This came in on Thursday of last week. So uh, K9 Renegade 07 left us a, a five star review, and I'm I'm reading it live. Uh, I, I just found it because I forgot to look earlier, uh, so I'm reading it live. It could this could de- devolve into uh, something horrible, but uh, it starts out good. <laughs> so I'm going to read it, and uh, this is the first time I'm reading it. So if it goes horribly wrong somewhere in the middle, then, um, you know, shame on me for not reading it in advance. Okay, uh, so, so K9 says, Michael and Dave do a great job covering the Orlando City or Orlando Pride and even Orlando City B when they were still playing and when they start back up next year, I presume. Whether it is the most recent game, an upcoming game, or possible team moves to better the squads, occasionally they even have the... Uh, They even have on the Opposing SB Nation team's podcast to get an opposing team's view of the upcoming match. I think I began listening around number 72, but started at number one, listened all the way through from the beginning, and then kept up as they have been released. I did the same with Orlando City Soccer Cast. So there you go. All right. uh, That is our five-star review from K9 Renegade 07. Really happy uh, that you were uh, able to... Uh, leave us such a nice review and uh, that you're willing to leave us such a nice review and uh, apologies for not having any SB nation uh, podcasters on or bloggers on uh, in quite a while. We just keep getting players and, and exciting guests like Kyle Martino. So I think um, if we can get those guys, you know, we'll, we'll keep getting them. Not that there's anything wrong with our fellow SB nation guys, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, if we're going to get the quality of the guests that we've been getting, well, yeah, I guess you guys are just gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you know, it's it's a completely different um, type of interview. You know what I mean? It's like you're talking with uh, with fans from the other team, which is always cool. It's a, it's good to get their perspective, and and we do that every week on the site with our intelligence report. You know, the Q and A exchange uh, that Logan Oliver does. I did it for few years and now logan's taken that off my hands this year uh it's always great to to hear from those folks it's really hard to track them down sometimes these guys are busy they're like they're like we are they have regular jobs and and uh, you know they they have full schedules some of them are also doing podcasts for their websites and it's really hard to get them sometimes it's hard to get the you know the the matchup of the schedules sometimes you know there's certain guys you can you can get they're really always willing to do it but again the 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 team is has been very gracious uh, with getting us players from both the pride and orlando city we've been able to get a kyle martino we're able to get some national uh, writers like paul tenorio and it's always good to get those whenever you can get those guests to to certainly get them on and and bend their ear because uh you never know what their availability is going to be so you you want to get them 
when they are available. So uh, thanks for that. And we will probably have some more SB Nation folks on again, uh, you know, in the not too distant future. It, it makes it easier to get them on, uh, you know, as you go through the schedule and you're playing some of these teams two or three times uh, because, you know, you wouldn't want to necessarily talk to the Philadelphia Union blog, you know, three times in a year because uh, you're, you're going to hear a lot of the same stuff. So it's always good to, to, to you know, mix it up a bit and maybe get them on for one and then get a player on for one and that kind of thing. So Variety is the spice of life. Exactly. But really happy to, to have gotten Chris Schuler And uh, I think we have had a guest on every podcast this year and I think all of last year except two. Something like that. It was. So, it hasn't been many. Yeah, we've we've been we've we've been on quite a roll. I mean, I think in there were a lot of uh, the early years where we might have gone three or four weeks without really talking to anybody, and you know, it's like ah, no guest this week, but we'll run down the the game and and uh, talk about the team and that kind of thing. But um, you know, as as we've been doing this longer and longer, and we've built up a little bit more of a following, uh, people are more and more willing to talk to us. So that's great. And uh, it was really, really awesome to talk to Kyle Martino last week. That's something that had been in the works for probably a good month. So uh, it was good to finally get him on. And, uh, you know, we'll try to have uh, somebody on from the Pride when they get done with this road trip. And, uh, you know, we'll just keep bringing you guests. And it's going to be a surprise to you every week. Because sometimes it's a surprise to us every week. Well... It, it's a surprise to me, where at least it is up until you know, usually the day of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all we can do is put out. I throw out requests, and you know, when they come in, it's like you know, the first one that comes in, I'll say, well, let's let's uh, let's work out the details. And if I get if I get two yeses, then sometimes it's like, hey, uh, I've got somebody that's lined up. Can we push this to next week? And then we go from there. And you know. We have had on occasion, though, we've had uh, two guests in a single episode because um, we thought somebody wasn't available and then they turned out to be available and, and uh-huh. it kind of all came together. We had, we've had we had a couple of times where we <laughs> scrambled to get a replacement guest and then the original guest turned up and said, oh, yeah, uh, sorry, I was at this thing and I got delayed and I did, just got home. So can we do it now? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> sure. So it just makes for a little extra editing. That's all. But it's good. Yeah, it's good. You've got plenty of time. Show. Yes, I, I sleep. <laughs> I sleep almost an hour a day. Almost. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes up to 90 minutes. No, uh, I, I, yeah, it's Tuesday nights are a little rough. But anyway, uh, that will do it, Dave. That's it for uh, episode number 124 of the Mainland Podcast. I, I hope that uh, this had something for everybody. <laughs> uh, it, I would think that it had at least something for most people. I mean, Gosh, we did cover a lot. Yeah, we. I mean, you know, the Pride game. Uh, we had Orlando City. We had Chris Schuler. Uh, we had, uh, you know, just me trying to atone for a bonehead move. And um, we had uh, the mailbag, and we had our key matchups, our predictions. So a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, I think overall, probably not our best broadcast, but probably not nearly our worst. No, certainly not our worst, and uh, <laughs> you know, maybe not our best, but uh, I, I still think it was a good one. Yeah, I think it was good. I'm I'm pleased with it. And uh, on that note, we will sign off episode number 124 by uh, asking you to please read our stuff at themainland.com. Uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and like us on Facebook, and uh, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us those uh, those five star reviews and tell your friends uh, about us. And hopefully, we'll continue to move up in the iTunes. 
uh, rankings for uh, sports podcasts and soccer podcasts. And that's what that's what we want to do. We want to keep moving up and be available for more people. So that's what it's all about. We'll be back next week to talk about Orlando City against Atlanta United. We will uh, have two pride games to break down next week with uh, both the Utah and Portland games coming up on the road. Uh, we'll try to find another uh, outstanding guest for you guys. And, uh, of course, we'll uh, look ahead and do matchups and predictions for upcoming games for Orlando City. So there's a lot going on. We're starting to get to a busier part of the schedule, a very hectic uh, part of the schedule coming up. We're going to have some U.S. Open Cup in the not-too-distant future. Uh, But Atlanta, then at Toronto, and then you've got, uh, what, the uh, Chicago Fire. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's some games coming up here. There's some really... Really tough competition coming up for Orlando City. We're going to be a little bit more um, into the the difficult part of the schedule. So uh, Mm -hmm. that starts in May and continues on through June. So uh, lots to get to. And, um, man, it's all happening. In fact, uh, SEMA, SEMA Aguilas will be playing U.S. Open Cup. Um, They'll be playing against uh, the Jacksonville Armada team on uh well wednesday tonight when this drops they'll be and there's a lot of former orlando city uh, academy players on that team so if you're anywhere in the montverde uh area and you're not staying home to watch the pride you can uh, go out to that game or go out to that game take your mobile device and watch the pride while you're watching uh sima aguilas aguilas not sure how to pronounce that (laughs) we don't know how to pronounce a lot of things but yeah you know go out there and multitask i mean we do that while we watch the matches and we're writing so you guys can certainly watch two matches at the same time right yeah we'll probably have to we'll probably have to give a a score update on that next week and talk about that a little bit too because that's uh I, i think that's kind of big that's really kind of more or less a de facto orlando city pdl team really right so uh you know guys like david loera david norris and you know guys like that are on that club and uh so these are guys that have been in the academy uh perhaps at some point may uh sign in the future when they're a little older with orlando city who knows we'll see uh maybe they'll become orlando city b players in uh, division three when the team returns and um you know this is your chance to see them before they get there so uh lots of exciting happenings and we'll be back next week to talk all about it again. So on behalf of David Rowe, I am Michael Citro. Once again, we want to thank Chris Schuler uh, of Orlando City and uh, Rafa Cabrera from the communications department over at Orlando City for setting that up. Uh, I am the managing editor and founder of TheMainland.com, Michael Citro, signing off the way I always do by saying, Go City and Go Pride.